conspiracy. After repeated setbacks on the planet Anaxis, an elite clone squad is deployed to investigate the Separatist tactical advantage. This special unit, called the Bad Batch, infiltrates Admiral Trench's cyber center to steal a strategic algorithm capable of predicting the Republic's every move. What our heroes found was a live signal from the ARC trooper known as Echo, a clone long believed to be dead. Welcome to our 236th Echolocation Learning episode of MandoVision. Now, I'm your host, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. We're so glad you're here. Reach out to us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. All right, everyone. How are you doing? Welcome back. We are in the midst of our Star Wars The Clone Wars rewatch series. We're in Season 7. This is Episode 2, The Return of Echo, the formation of the Bad Batch as we will come to know them uh, in their own show. Uh, again, I, I, I talked about it last week. It's going to be exciting to watch these early episodes with the Batch, getting to know Hunter, Wrecker, uh, Crosshair, and, and Tech, and, and, and kind of seeing the evolution of them uh, here in these early episodes to what we know them to be in their own series, which is returning February 21st, and I'm very, very excited for that, so, um, yeah, I, 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 we continue this introductory episode, uh, arc with the characters, we get to go to Skako Minor in this episode, we spend some time, uh, up against Wat Tambor, a lot going on in the episode, we see, uh, we meet a new indigenous people, uh, to Skako Minor, the Poltec, and the, the giant lizard creatures they fly on. Uh, it's a fun episode. I really, really dig this one. Uh, again, furthering our introduction to the, to the Bad Batch itself. But more importantly, the return of Echo, a prominent member of the Bad Batch once their show starts. <laughs> so good to see everything kind of coming together here. All right, let's talk about the episode. There's no, uh, no significant Star Wars news to talk about at this time. Though I'm sure the way things go, uh, they'll announce something right after we finish recording. So let's go ahead and get into our show, and that would be Star Wars The Clone Wars, Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo. Original air date was February 28th, 2020. 
This episode, written by Matt Mischewitz and Brent V. Friedman, directed by Stuart Lee. Our cast this week is D. Bradley Baker as the Clone Troopers, the Bad Batch, and Admiral Trench. Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker. Matthew Wood as the Battle Droids, one of the villagers, and Watt Tambor. Uh, Tom Kane is our narrator. James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Catherine Tabber appears as Padme Amidala. And David Accord is the Poltekian leader and the Skakoan scientist. Good for David Accord on that one. <laughs> All right, my friends. Our plot for this episode is, believing that MIA soldier Echo may still be alive, Rex's mission becomes duly, doubly important, excuse me. Alongside Bad Batch and Anakin, the clone captain launches a dangerous covert rescue mission. And our Jedi fortune cookie for this week, the search for truth begins with belief. There you go, my friends. I don't know what else to talk about there. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I want to mention, I think I talked a little bit about it on the last episode. Uh, well, Watt Tambor is one of those interesting villains to me visually. Uh, when I first saw this character in Attack of the Clones as part of like the Separatist leadership, uh, he had like, this very uh, distinct visual flair about him. There was something about him that reminded me of, of, of like the Flash Rogers serial, Flash Rogers, Flash Gordon serials. From back in the day, the ones that oh, you know inspired Lucas, and I, I wonder if there's maybe a little bit of similarity there, you know, with his whole uh, that whole voice modulation thing he has to use, and in, in the way it's like dials and buttons and gizmos, it has like a very interesting retro vibe to it. Uh, and and again, the technique in it sounds like very interesting to me. Uh, and and since the time of Attack of the Clones, you know, there's been a lot of information to try and fill in the gaps about who these people are that are the separatists and things like that. But I'll be honest, I still have so many questions about sort of like this, this weird uh, leadership structure that the separatists have and all these different conglomerations of, of, of these different organizations like the techno union uh, who they claim neutrality, but obviously Watt Tambor uh, hip deep in, in the pockets of Count Dooku. So it's all very interesting how this all kind of works out. And uh, you know, are they just flagrant, in their violations of their neutrality, or, or is there more going on there? And there may exist out there somewhere the answers to these questions. So if you know, and you're like, hey, hey, Bozo, read this. It'll answer all your questions, and then I will. So just let me know, but I'm very intrigued by it in the, in the meantime. All right, so I think we are there. Let's go ahead and get into things. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about the poll. We'll talk about the Poltec as we get into the episode, and, and a little bit about the Skako Miner. Uh, a planet that if you read the Dr. Afra comics, you'll recognize because they went there in those comics as well. So it got to be drawn in the comic book universe as well. All right, my friends, let's just go ahead and get into the episode. Are you ready? It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Well, it is the general staff isn't completely behind this mission. I admit the idea that Echo is still alive is a long shot. I'm sure the Council will approve the mission. Just remember the primary goal is to learn how the Separatists are predicting our strategy, whether it's Echo behind it or not. Well, if you want my opinion, sounds like a trap. But me and the boys will tag along anyway, if only to say I told you so. Just make sure you're ready if we get the go-ahead from General Kenobi. If you're certain he'll approve the mission, why wait? Let's get going. First, we have that thing to do. Hey, what thing? You know? We don't have time for that, sir. Yes, we do. 
Well, I'll just let you two sort this out. I'll be waiting on the ship with the rest of the team. So this episode opens a little differently than I would have expected, honestly. I, I would have thought we kind of kept keep the action and, and the pace and the tempo going by kind of just launching into, into Skako Minor. Uh, instead, we're back at the base at, a, at a, a, a Traxxas, and we're waiting for permission, <laughs> something that Anakin Skywalker not really known for. Uh, we're waiting for the approval to launch the rescue mission, or at the very least, to, to launch the mission to, to investigate this algorithm that seems to be uh, predicting the strategies of the Grand Army of the Republic. And we get a little back and forth. We get to see how excited Rex is. We get to see that, that Hunter is not exactly a big believer in this theory of, of Echo being alive and this not being anything more than a trap to, to kill them all. Uh, and we get to a moment coming up here with Anakin using Rex <laughs> to sneak off and have a private communication with Padme and Rex as sort of like the lookout so that he can make this communication uh, without being interrupted. Uh, it's, I don't know, I sort of find it kind of cute-ish. Is, is that the word I want to use, cute? I don't, it, it's amusing. Uh, Rex's lookout kind of stalling Kenobi. What exactly is it um, that, that Anakin's doing in there? The, all the, the whole back and forth between Rex and Kenobi's great. Uh, but I, I really like the dialogue between Padme and Anakin. Uh, I think in this season in particular, this conversation in particular, you know, we're bridging the gap to Revenge of the Sith, and, and this really shows the elevation in their relationship, the, cl the closeness, the understanding they have with one another, and, and that sort of shorthand that you get when you're in a relationship of, of significance, right? And so I like it when Padme sort of puts Anakin on the spot, like, like what's really going on here? We know you're upset that you can't win the war single-handedly, but... What's really happening? And so I like the sequence here. I'm going to go ahead and play it. It, I can't remember exactly if, it, cause if it's going to cut back and forth between Rex and Kenobi. It may. There's a lot of cuts back and forth. Uh, but I, I'm hoping to get the sound clip that I want in one fell swoop. But if you hear Rex and Kenobi, you hear Rex and Kenobi. It's Rex. I'm worried he's letting his personal feelings drive him too much on this mission. I wonder where he learned that. Rex, where's Anakin? I need to speak to him about this mission. Oh, General, he's, uh... Well, he's inside your barracks, isn't he? Yes, sir. What's going on here? Oh, nothing, sir. Just waiting for the General. Uh, General? You'll have to do better than that, Captain. You've known Rex a long time. When you throw caution to the wind and take chances, where is he? Right beside me. Then maybe that's where you should be for him, Annie. Trust his instincts, like he trusts yours. I'm just trying to look out for him. I know you are. I love you, Annie. I love you, too. All right, also of note to uh, discuss here, when you see the hologram of Padme, of us more astute, audience members, <laughs> more astute than Anakin, I should say, uh, noticing the beginnings of a baby bump on Padme there. Uh, so again, we're bringing all these elements really close to Revenge of the Sith. I like this moment. I like them trying to hold the hands out of the hologram. It's it's just cute. It's, a, it's you know, sometimes when I rewatch the prequels, the films themselves, uh, I'm always sort of 
the the romance angles. Are, let's put it this way: they're not they're not Lucas's strong point, in my humble opinion. Uh, you know, they've always been a, a tad clunky for me. The Clone Wars cartoon, I think, has done a really nice job of of underlining underlining their romance and why they're drawn to each other, why they're in love with each other, uh, in in a way that I wish the films had been able to replicate. Because uh, it's a real shame that um, you know the the prequels. I said it before. I'm gonna say it again. There's just too much going on in them. <laughs> they, they had so many plates to spin that uh, sometimes I don't want to say the, the certain storylines were shortchanged a little bit, but I mean everything just has to happen really, really quickly. And you know, if you know me from other podcasts, you know that I li- I like a nice slow boil on things and like give it give them a chance to simmer, let those flavors marinate. And I the Clone Wars series has done a better job of of making this relationship. One that I understand and, and, and can comprehend better because it's, it's just they slow it down enough that you really get like these small little moments that are so important to show the love between Anakin and Padme. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, what I like, what I really like, though, is the end of the sequence here as Anakin leaves the barracks and Kenobi, who we are now seeing in his closer to Revenge of the Sith appearance. You know, he's not wearing the clone trooper armor anymore he's looking more primed up and ready to go rescue chancellor palpatine here at the beginning of that movie uh so i again do the continuing the evolution of the character models getting them closer to where we're about to see them in episode three but let me go ahead and pull up that clip as the sequence kind of comes to a bit uh, an end uh, in a very amusing fashion here you go rex oh and try not to break I, it again about this mission the council thinks that it's a good idea i agree Let's get moving, Rex. No, wait. That's not... No time. I hope you at least told Padme I said hello. So, I love that. (laughs) But it goes back to something that I... Again, I've mentioned it before. You know, Obi-Wan's seeming knowledge of this, this... I guess we'll just call it a forbidden relationship, uh, and, and the way he sort of turns a blind eye to it and ultimately undoes the Jedi Order by doing so. <laughs> so Obi-Wan, you're making choices. They're not going to work out for you all that well. Um, so that just amuses me. All right, but let's go ahead. Now we're going to kick off the mission proper, and we get to ask a very important question about the Bad Batch here that, um, well, I still wish we knew the answer to a little bit more clearly. So we're on the Bad Batch's ship, we're off to Skako Minor, and we're having one of those moments where we kind of get to know a little bit more about this team. Uh, we have Wrecker in the background lifting the gonk droid that we all know and well, love so well now, and Anakin is going to put, Anakin and Rex are going to ask the questions that we all want answers to, and that I'm um, pretty sure to this day we still don't have sufficient information to. But let's go ahead and play the sequence, because I di- again, I dig it. So, how many missions has your team been on, Sergeant? Honestly, sir, I've lost count. All the action sort of blurs together. I know you work with Cody sometimes, but who do you guys report to? Hmm. Good question. Can't say I've got an answer. <laughs> yeah! Alright, well, there you go. So, very interesting that the Bad Batch doesn't really seem to understand who they get their assignments from, necessarily. Uh, so I wish that was something that they got. They had had an opportunity to kind of delve into a little bit more. 
I'd love for there to be some some backstory on that. You know, give me the give me that Bad Batch novel, give me that Bad Batch comic book series where we can kind of go back into wartime and kind of get a little bit more information of of just who exactly is deploying the Bad Batch on these missions and and how is that all working out? Or am I foolish and I've just completely forgotten that they will address this in <laughs> in the next episode? That's completely a possibility too because again, I'm not I'm not trying to watch ahead here. I haven't watched these episodes since 2020. Maybe I've forgotten some key information. We'll find out as, as this arc plays out. Uh, one of the elements, too, that's always fun for me is when, um, you know, it's great watching Star Wars on, on a big screen, you know, on, on a nice high-def television and, uh, uh, you know, really seeing that, that the beautiful animation in play here. Uh, sometimes, though, when I'm watching these episodes for the, ep- for the, for the podcast, I'm watching them back on my laptop, and I have my head, my headphones on. And sometimes with those headphones on, you get a little bit more appreciation for some of the audio aspects of the episode. This sequence in particular here, I, it, it, you know, I sort of maybe maybe it blurred out a little bit on the TV. You know, there's you're playing on the speakers, and you, you lose a little bit of it. Uh, but here with the headphones on, hearing the the background of the ship, and and realizing it sounds like stuff from 1977 Star Wars episode 4 uh is 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 pretty cool. You know, it it has like a very 70s-ish kind of vibe. Like it reminds you of, of those sequences where they're on the Death Star and like they're surrounded by all those computers, you know, R2 and 3PO in the in the room while Han and Luke and Chewie are off to rescue the princess. Um just one of those little little tiny audio things that I noticed that I really uh really really appreciate about this show. Uh, so now we are on our way. We're going to be crashing. Well, no, you're not crashing. We're having a rough landing at Skako Minor, and we're going to encounter the Poltics, the, the, the native people of Skako Minor, who are not super appreciative of the, of the war being brought to their planet, uh, and uh, show that by abducting Anakin, taking Hunter for a long, long ride, and... The, it's a very interesting sequence. Again, visually dynamic. It's really solid action. But as Anakin's taken away, all right, he drops his lightsaber on the ground, and, and Crossfire file, fires a, a grappling hook to attach to the lizard beast, and then Hunter is going to take it and ride off in pursuit, you know, trying to work his way up to saving the general, right? It's a bold strategy, Cotton, but I don't quite understand it because, like, what exactly are you going to do? Are you, are you going to fly this lizard? Are you going to, like, throw the Poltic guy off to his death uh, and try to fly this lizard? What is your plan here, sir? It doesn't seem to be the best. But Hunter does do a decent job of improvising and uh, making making sure that he at the very least knows where they're going. But let's go ahead and play a little bit of that sequence here as uh, Hunter has the Poltec in sight after they go back to their village. And what I'm going to do too is actually I'm going to play a little bit of the Poltec yelling at Anakin because, again, this is another one of those audio things. I, I really like the way they do uh, that that sort of distortion on the Poltec language. Uh, I guess I, I just like it. I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of it. Here you go. Tech, I'm with the general. Hone in on my signal. Oh, <laughs> 
Okay, I think we're gonna have a slight communication problem here. Alright, so again, I just really like that. <laughs> that kind of echoey distortion, whatever it is they're doing on there. I think that's a really cool feature for uh, their language. And another cool aspect of it, again, we, as I've mentioned before, everybody in the Bad Batch sort of gets like these little moments to shine a little bit, right? You know, we see sort of like the craziness of Hunter as he's flying through the air on the back of that, you know, dra being dragged by that beast. We see Crosshair's uh, uh, tactical abilities to make that shot. We see Wrecker showing off his strength earlier, lifting the gunk right over his head. Uh, now Tech's going to get to shine by being the translator, right? And and uh, not just translating, but actually being able to speak back, something that we're used to seeing from, from droids in Star Wars, you know, specifically C-3PO. But uh, Tech gets this moment to shine. And I think what's really neat about it is also sort of the way the Poltec leader um, approaches Tech as he's just speaking to him. And sort of because you can, see, you know, I think the Poltec is able to see the Orabesh and the, the translation of his language in the visor of Tech. And he's sort of fascinated by the technology involved in all of this. Uh, the Poltec, we don't get to spend a lot of time with them in this particular episode. And I don't remember if we spend any more with them in the next, in next week's. Um, but there's something, the little bits of things of, of things that we get from them, the little little tells and details that we get from them are very very interesting, right? Because as we're flying into Skako Minor, you know, Tech is talking about how uh, the natives worship flying lizards, and and it's 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 more than that. As you, just from the, the little moment here, where they land in the village, and the leader gets off, and he, as he walks by his his flying lizard, uh, the way he puts his head to its head. Uh, just like these these subtle little moments of of intimacy and respect between the Poltec and and the creature, uh, a little moment like that, and then again the Poltec sort of fascination with Tech's ability to understand, translate, and and speak in the Poltec language. I mean, again, small little moments, but um, this says a lot about the animators and and the people telling these stories that they're going to make these. Uh, Poltex again, who at least in this episode are very, very minor. It's going to give them a little bit of of nuance and, and a little bit of depth, even though we don't get to explore it too deeply. But it's just like these small little things that that show them show this, these as a, a people that we can believe exist, right? Like they are connected to these creatures. It's not just worshiping. It's not some sort of um, subservience. It's like a, a partnership, a mutual respect, and 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 probably that guy probably loves his flying lizard. Just saying, <laughs> but let's go ahead. Uh, like I said, I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna play the moment where Tech is translating and doing the whole thing. But basically, they strike a bargain, and the Poltecs are gonna let them go so that they can uh, pursue the Separatists who are on the planet. Right? They, 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 the Batch and Anakin and Rex basically turn this on Wat Tambor and the Separatists for bringing the war to this planet. Not, not the, not the Republic. So this gets the Poltecs on their side and allows them to go about their business in the, in, the, in the mission, right? They're like, oh, you're going to get rid of these guys for us? Cool, go about your business, but then get the heck off our planet. And that's basically what Anakin's promise is. Like, once this is done, we're out of here, we're not coming back, we'll leave you guys in peace. And the Poltec go for it. Uh, and now it's time to infiltrate the base. 
now, but we're also going to catch up with Watt Tambor here in a few minutes. Uh, and I appreciate that a lot too, because Admiral Trench, Watt Tambor talking, that's my kind of conversation. Receiving a transmission from Admiral Trench on the Nexus. Put him through. Pardon the intrusion, Minister Tambor. But I have disturbing news. You may proceed, Admiral. An infiltration team of clones has traced the algorithm signal to Skako. I believe your operation there is in jeopardy. The Republic would not dare attack us. The Techno Union has corporate neutrality. From what I have seen, that would not matter to these Republic operatives. Then we shall be ready for them. I don't know what corporate neutrality is. That's not really an answer to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> clarification! I'd appreciate it. But let's just hash it out. Maybe corporate neutrality means like the, the techno union is like a business, but they have like this business deal with the separatists. So even though they are separatists, um, they can't be attacked. That seems really dodgy to me. <laughs> am, am I making, does that make sense to you guys? Is that working for you guys? The techno union, much like the trade federation, they're, they're separate. So they have this neutrality sort of situation, despite the fact that like, we all know that they're in bed with Dooku um, and, and helping finance and support the war. But as like as the separatists are like their clients or something, is that how we're, we're looking at things? Again, that seems like something the Republic would be like, yeah, not a real thing. We're going to take care of that. We're, we're, we're are rescinding corporate neutrality. You've obviously chosen a side here, so we can come after you. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, and, and so is the idea of the uh, corporations. Is, well, I guess it's maybe not that big of, big of a leap in, in modern society to think that corporations are funding war efforts across the world. But what do I, I, uh, we're not going to go there. We're not going to get into that. That's whatever. I'm just thinking about it in a Star Wars context. You would have thought that Palpatine would have done something. Well, okay. All right, answer my own question. This is how Palpatine wants it. I get it. All right. This is all part of the plan as as the Joker told Batman. And so I just find it interesting. It's just these interesting things. So now the Poltec are showing Anakin and the Batch and Rex where they need to be to infiltrate the Wat Tambor's base here on Skako Minor. Uh, and we're going to see that the Bad Batch and Rex, they're still having some... Uh, growing pains, not quite getting along with each other to to a certain extent. So let's go ahead and play that because, again, I, I, I'd like the sort of reminder that just because they're clones, the Bad Batch isn't exactly brothers with the quote-unquote regs. Hope nobody's scared of heights. Well, I'm not scared of nothing. I just, when I'm up real high... I got a problem with gravity. Speaking of problems, I am no longer picking up Echo's signal. I... I don't understand. You said it was coming from this city. I can only speculate, but... It is possible there's a latency issue with the frequency... ...caused by all these atmospheric disturbances. Or... ...maybe they sent the signal to lure us into a trap. And maybe your friend's actually dead. Well, I can't be the only one thinking of that. 
Look, every mission could be a trap. This one is no different. I'm telling you, that signal is being sent by Echo himself. He's alive! I think you're letting your personal feelings get in the way. Because you left him for dead at the Citadel. I had no choice. You hear me? Oh, I don't blame you. I would have left him for dead, too. Besides, he's just another rig. Hey! Why don't you pick on someone not your size? You'll be a whole lot smaller when I'm through with you. That's enough! Sergeant, take your men and scout the area for a tower entrance. I want to talk to my captain alone. All right, we'll get to that conversation in a minute, too. This is uh, something I wanted to bring up last week, and I think it slipped my mind. But here in these early episodes, I don't think D. Bradley Baker's quite dialed in all the voices. But Crosshair, in particular, uh, isn't quite where we know him to be by the time the Bad Batch series starts. You know, he's not as low in, in the register as, as we kind of know him to be later on you know wrecker is pretty spot on hunter's pretty spot on tech's pretty spot on but i don't think he had quite dialed in crosshair just yet or perhaps going into the series they gave him some direction to kind of mo to change the modulation just a little bit on, on what he was doing with crosshair because again right now crosshair's voice not super indistinct from uh other members of the grand army you know he doesn't he hasn't he's not as quite as uh, dis distinct as as some of the other Bad Batch member voices are. So that's of interest to me. All right, let's go ahead and play the conversation here between Anakin and Rex. Rex, I hate to say it, but you have to prepare yourself for the possibility that Echo is dead, and this is all a Separatist trick. So... I've watched so many of my brothers fall during this war, and I try not to hang on to any one of them. But that changed when I heard that Separatist transmission. It was no algorithm. That was Echo's voice. I know it. I hope you're right. But if for some reason you're wrong, then I'll deal with it. All right, so now we begin our infiltration of Wat Tambor's base, uh, and we see ourselves a new kind of battle droid. These are the D1 series aerial battle droids. Uh, they were developed as an experiment of the Techno Union, who were allies of the Confederacy of Independent Systems. The droids were used as security at the Techno Union facility in the city of Perkle on Skako Minor. Uh, so they were variant battle droids that were part of the B droid series. Uh, they were armed with built-in blasters and they could, could use fold-out wings to enter flight mode. They had programming similar to the common Separatist B-1 series battle droid, and although they had different shaped head, otherwise appeared similar. Uh, very visually unique. I like the, the look of these new D-1 droids, and apparently they can fly, so that's kind of interesting too. But <laughs> let's go ahead and get back into the action as, as our friends are making short work of these D-1s anyways. Where exactly is Echo Signal coming from? Strange. I just lost the signal. What? Uh, how can that be? There's no atmospheric disturbances up here. Well, I have a new theory. I'm surprised I did not consider it earlier. The signal is only traceable during data transmissions. So until Echo dispenses more intel, I cannot pick up the signal. Okay. We're splitting up. Search every door. If someone finds Echo, contact the others. We go in together. 
just in case there's trouble. All right, so we are to the action portion of the episode, uh, but let's go ahead and just let's just get to it. Uh, we kill some droids, we get into some stuff, but ultimately we find what we're looking for. Let's go ahead and do it. Actually, I almost forgot. Let's play the moment here where Watt Tambor gets on the gets on the vid, makes makes a little bit of an inter, 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 interruption <laughs> to what's going on here. So, more action is underway. Anakin, Crosshair, they're all going to come and join the fray. And, again, it's cool action stuff. It's, it's really, really enjoyable. It's fun, fun, fun. All right, here we go. The moment of truth. I don't like the look of this. I'm definitely picking up a life form in there. It seems to be a stasis chamber. I think I can get it open. Alright, so this moment of reveal of, of Echo's body coming out of the stasis chamber, that's pretty haunting looking stuff right there. I mean, with all the cables and the wires holding them in place. Um... Younger audiences might have a problem with that. It's fairly disturbing-looking stuff. Uh, it's it's a little reminiscent, and I, again, this is maybe just something I thought of because I'm a crazy person, but it, it sort of reminded me of Star Trek The Next Generation when uh, Picard is first taken by the Borg, and they start hooking him up to everything, and, you know, with Echo with his shaved head and, and strong Picard-esque jawline. I don't know. I had... Very strong Borg vibes <laughs> from this this visual here, and maybe that's just me. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. I know we're in Star Wars, uh, but uh, haunting imagery nonetheless. Let's check it out as Rex uh, uh, finds his friend. Echo, Tech, we gotta get him out of here. Figure out how to unplug him from this mess. What have they done to you? We... we have to get to the shuttle. To escape the Citadel. No! I'll go first. Echo. No. Echo! It's no, Rex. No. I'm here. No. No. Rex. You... you came back for me. Yes. Yes, I did. What... what happened? Where am I? It's okay, Echo. You're safe now. Just sit tight, Trooper. You're going home. All right, that's basically the episode. Uh, we find a, a... I don't want to say he's like necessarily like a shell of his former self, but, you know, a, a smaller, uh, you know, nutritionally deprived 
<laughs> uh, echo is recovered. Malnourished would be probably the better word to use. Uh, but yeah, not his, not up to his old self. Probably just kept alive by having nu the basic nutrients pumped into his body. Uh, you know, they don't get into it too much in this episode. I think we might explore it a little bit more fully next week. But yeah, Echo is back. But what kind of uh, condition is he and his mind in? And I think these are things that we'll get to explore a little bit more next week. We still got two episodes of this arc left, so just uh, get ready. But a great episode. Rex is rewarded for his belief, just like the Jedi fortune cookie told us. And again, we're behind enemy lines. We're in this compound, and things. You, you think Watt Tambor's just going to let him leave? I don't think so, my friends. No, no, no. Uh, this episode's nine buckets. I'm enjoying the heck out of this arc so far. It's been a good, good time. And I can't wait to see what we have in store for next week. Uh, other than that, I think that's about all the notes I have for this week's episode. And again, as I, as I joked before, I'm sure Star Wars news will break right after we stop recording the podcast. Because it feels like, I don't know, I have this weird feeling that something is coming soon. And, and we're going we're gonna to have to talk about it here on the podcast. So get ready for that. It's going to be exciting when it does drop. But in the meantime, we're going to stay busy with our Star Wars The Clone Wars rewatch series. Uh, particularly this arc, uh, because it's going to lead right into the final season of Star Wars, The Bad Batch. And I am really excited to see what we have in that episode, or in that season, excuse me. It's going to be great. All right, Bucketheads, thank you so much for listening to the Mandivision Podcast. I am your host, Nargai Tom, and your support of small independent Star Wars podcasts is so vital to everything that all of us are doing here in the Star Wars podcasting community. So we take, uh, I truly, truly thank you for taking the time to support every single one of us that you do. Hit me up on social media. I'm at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If, you're, if it's possible and you're so inclined and your podcasting platform allows it, five-star reviews are insanely helpful. They truly help the small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in that corporate shuffle of all those highfalutin sponsored podcasts that just overwhelm your algorithm oh maybe echo can cut through our algorithm too wouldn't that be great i'd love that so much all right bucketheads go out there be great star wars fans continue to support star wars in all shapes and forms and be nice to each other just go out there and be the best people you can be and be kind supportive bring in new star wars fans let's continue to grow the ranks of buckethead nation all right friends we'll be back next week but remember this podcast can only end one way this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession.